So at some point, you know, like we talk, you're going to start to age and you're going to lose a step. If I do it for the prize, eventually I'm going to lose. But if I do it for the purpose, I learn. It's a mind game. Like you, you have to have those honest talks with yourself of, okay, just what do I want to do in my head, but what am I actually capable of doing in reality? As long as you're still relevant, well, then that's quality of life. Not just quantity, it's quality. How do you keep yourself relevant? How do you keep yourself in the game? Attack life, not others, with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. The other week we were talking to a friend of ours who's been on the show before, a student of yours, and he's got his own school, and... Uh, Omaha, Nebraska, Mid-America Martial Arts. Aaron Cerrone. Aaron, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, Aaron. He's just a quite an accomplished martial artist and just got a, a really wide breadth of knowledge and so many systems and styles. And, you know, from our conversation the other week, we were, we were talking and as uh, most people do, again, martial artist or not, because this show is not martial arts centric. It's just sort of the leaping off point, the foundation from which we pull from. But just in everyday life, there are patterns, there's ebbs and flows and then progression. And there's a time and space for for each. And as as we progress in age, things change. That's just a fact. It's a fact of life and you're kind of at the point now as we were talking Aaron where it's just a lot more cerebral where you know you're you're not old by any means but you're also noticing that it's becoming a little bit more difficult to roll with these students that might be 18 19 20 22 years old that are just kind of in their prime physically and uh, you're noticing, as as I have been as well, that, you know, these little tweaks and aches and sprains and, you know, we don't bounce back as quickly as we right. used to. It's a great subject for a lot of us at, at all different age groups. And especially uh, me at my age now, I'm going to be approaching 68. And, you know, the chalkboard was around a long time. The chalkboard was there for my father. The chalkboard was there for me. And I'm talking about the chalkboard at school where... You know, if you had bad eyesight, you know, you, if you got in the rear all the way back, you were really in trouble. So the chalkboard, <laughs> the, the school situation, um, the axe, the hammer, the screwdriver, the hardworking blue collar guy that, you know, taught the trade maybe to his son. A lot of those things, even the way we did billing, carbon paper. I mean, how many kids remember or you say, hey, carbon, what is carbon paper? That that disappeared. That was around for a long time. There were things that um, were changing, um, but not at the scale that it's changing now. Today, you know, as I look back, chalkboard has disappeared. Chalk has disappeared. Um, and carbon paper's gone. And the next thing you know, every time I go into a restaurant or I go somewhere, the process of paying your bill is being adjusted monthly or every six months. And it, it's actually, it's tough, not just from a martial arts and rolling but it's it's tough for all of us to be able to adjust to the 30-year-old mind. Now, when, it, when I was growing up, we were reaching for the 50-year-old mind. We wanted to find out, you know, what our parents or what our grandparents had. You know, oh, my God, man, we inherited all my grandparents' tools. All his stuff came to me because that's something I needed. Well, today, it's not that way. It's not what our parents or grandparents had. We want to suck up the knowledge that these 30-year-olds have. And a lot of times it's contrary to the way we were learning and our learning curve um, needs to be adjusted more to there's no curve anymore. 
There's no time to adjust. And if you don't adjust, you get lost. Am I right? Yeah, real, real quick. And I think that's it's all facets of life. And, and it's amazing. Uh, I read somewhere just the psychology of living now. When, when we were growing up, people would get anxiety when things were happening too fast. And now people get anxiety when things don't happen fast enough. Yeah, yeah, I know. If you don't hear that ding on your phone, you're in panic mode. You know? Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I could see that. So, I mean, we were talking, you know, in your school, in your gym, specifically talking rolling. And for those non-martial artists, it's, you know, kind of when you're on the ground, you're rolling, you're grappling, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, etc. But uh, this can apply to anything because we were we were saying about how, you know, you could be in the workforce, in the workplace. And if you're <laughs> these days, I don't know, 40, 45 plus, 50, 60 plus, and you got to worry that you, you got to stay on top of it. You got to be two, three steps ahead just to be in the right place. Uh, if, if you're just where it's at, that's not good enough. What's that saying? that uh, being on time is not good enough. You got to be five minutes early and that's being on time. So you got to be ahead of the game in fear of the younger generation. And I'm not knocking them. I'm complimenting them these days because they're coming up where this is just, they were just ingrained with new technology. Granted, some of the mindset might not be uh, that old school uh, mindset where you work really hard, but what they've learned to do just because they've grown up with it is work really smart. Mm -hmm. They yeah, work smart sure. instead of work hard. You got to look at that, and we need to pull from that what we can. Sure. Yeah, Aaron, uh, talk about something you said to me that I thought was um, really important. You said you were rolling with a guy on the ground, and mm -hmm. you know it's tough to beat these guys. These younger guys, they, they're coming at you with everything they got, in all respect. But your goal is to make your students better than you. And yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, well, that's something I got from you. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Cause you're, um, you're surely better. I mean, a lot of you guys are, and I, I think it's a, a proud moment to be able to have this conversation after all these years. Um, and you've always done that. I mean, you're a perfectionist. You, you look at things and, and it's hard, isn't it? When you're a perfectionist and you've worked hard to go up the ladder and now you're, you're rolling and you're like, Oh man, I'm, uh, this is tough, man. It's, I, I can't get up the next day. Right. Or sure. I, I feel like I tweaked my back or, or, you know, messed my knee up or whatever. Cause it takes away from your quality of life. Tell me, tell me what, you know, what you're going through, how you feel you're going to adjust and where you want to put your time as you grow older. And, and mm -hmm. can you have any advice for what your experience is? Yeah. Well, I don't know advice, but you know, where this all started was there's a, there's a black belt out there. He's a YouTuber. His name's uh Nick Albin, and he actually goes by Chewy, and he has got a site called Chew Jitsu, right? Because he's a big, hairy guy, so they call him Chewbacca, right? And I'm familiar he, with him, yes, yes. He, he put out a little video and uh, an article about what does it mean to be an aging black belt. And uh, he was basically saying, now, he's only 37, right? So I, I laugh when he calls himself an aging black belt. But his, his point is, even at 37, his physical prime was probably five years prior to that. And he got his black belt in his mid-20s. So he was able to have a black belt compete when he was in, in his physical prime. But now as he's getting older and as people confide in him, you know, he's having other black belts say, man, I'm having a hard time and, and I almost feel like I'm not worthy of this black belt anymore. And, you know, we, ha we have to be careful because I get it. I get like you're the black belt. You're supposed to be able to beat everybody. And this really comes down to you know, I always ask the question, you know, what does it mean to be a black belt? You know, that, that's the age old question. And, and there's a lot of philosophical differences and opinions out there. None of them are right or none of them are wrong. They, they are what they are. 
And I've always viewed a black belt as somebody who's the knowledgeable expert in that particular field of study, that particular art. And nothing more than that. It's not a world champion. It's not anything outside of that. The problem with a sport like jiu-jitsu, it was always very competition-heavy and competition-based, right? So everybody's always trying to beat everybody every day in the gym. So at some point, you know, like we talked, you're going to start to age and you're going to lose a step. And now people are going to start getting the best of you. So does that suddenly diminish your black belt? And the answer is no, it just doesn't. And at the same time, there's two sides to this. I can't feel my black belts diminished just because I'm having trouble hanging with a 21-year-old blue belt. At the same time, that 21-year-old blue belt shouldn't think that now they're worthy of a black belt because they got the best of me in one training session. Uh, So it brings in the question of your mindset and, and where do you feel you're at? And, uh, and I get it. Like it is tough. It's like you feel young, you feel like you can compete and you just have those days where your body just, just can't do it. You know, I, I had major knee surgery three years ago. I blew my knee out while training. I went one way, a guy went the other, my knee was in the middle and it exploded. So I had to have the ACL completely repaired. The MCL, uh, got stretched. Uh, my meniscus got completely shredded. And, uh, and I was laid up for a while. And that was about the time where I really started having to question myself and, and have to look at myself in the mirror. It's just like, okay, I need to be smarter about what I do, just in everything, just lifting weights, just exercising, martial arts, everything I do. And you, you start to take a more holistic approach in general. It's a mind game. Like you, you have to have those honest talks with yourself of, okay, just what do I want to do in my head, but what am I actually capable of doing in reality? And, and, and it's really one of those things where the culture of your gym has to support that, that just because somebody's, you know, a 60-year-old black belt doesn't mean they have nothing to offer anymore. They're, they're still very much a knowledgeable expert. I can't expect that person to be able to, to roll and spar with everybody like they used to. Their, their prime was, you know, 25 years ago. Now, I didn't get my jujitsu black belt till later, you know, till I was in my late 40s. So, you know, I got it after my physical prime per se. So, you know, y- you have to consider like, what what are we looking at? And not all black belts are created equal, nor should they be. Uh, and in and a thing like jujitsu that's very competitive based and competitive oriented, it's hard to get away from, well, who beat who on the mat? And, and does that matter? And in some regards, yes. If you're doing an apples to apples comparison, if you got two white belts or two blue belts that are both 21, okay, that's an apples to apples comparison. But if you got a, a 60 year old black belt and a 21 year old blue belt, that's not the same thing. And, and, and I can't, nor should anybody consider that the same thing. And, and both parties need to understand that. Uh, so that, that's a cultural thing. And, and one thing he pointed out that jujitsu does suffer from is jujitsu in general suffers from a lack of respect for older students uh, and older belt wearers because it's so ingrained to who beat who on the mat. And if I beat you, I'm better than you. Uh, and, and it, and it's, it has to be so much more than that. Like you have to have respect for the older black belt. You have to have respect for the older student. Um, I, I can't expect again, an, an aging student who's got a career family and three kids and only trains twice a week. I can't compare them equally to that younger guy that still lives at home and doesn't have a job and trains three times a day. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so that's what really got me thinking. It's like, man, you know, this applies so much more than just the martial arts, but just, just life in general, that as you age, you know, how do you keep yourself relevant? How do you keep yourself in the game? How do you keep yourself growing and learning? And one of the things that, that I do is I have to remind myself to be a student. I have to remind myself to, to find things to learn, to find things that keep me in, enthusiastic, to find things that keep me wanting to do the things that I want to do. Because it's really easy to just dial it back and get on cruise control and just let time pass you by and let people pass you by. Um, and, and that's going to happen anyway. But, you know, I'm kind of of the, of the mindset, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down fighting, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, and it just not let it happen passively. Uh, you know, so, you know, it was, and I passed that article and that video on to a lot of my older students and they were very appreciative of it because they struggle, you know, they struggle with it. You know, I always have people, is it too late to start? I'm like, no, never. It's never, that's the beauty of the martial arts. You know, other sports, when, when people retire, they stop doing that sport for the most part. Right. Uh, especially professionals, they stop doing the sport. And, and martial arts is, is the beautiful thing of it is that you can do it literally to the day you die. Correct. And, you know, I think um, I always have these two things that pop in my head, you know, one on the left side, one on the right side. If I do it for the prize, eventually I'm going to lose. But if I do it for the purpose, I learn how to transition. Because in the martial arts and anything you do, in cycling, in running, in anything you do, if you can figure out and separate the prize from the purpose, you're going to get up every day and you're going to adjust. At 68 years old, coming into 68, there's still a lot of purpose for me. As I look around, and I, again, I use this phrase, I do a 360, see a lot of my friends that can't even get out of a chair anymore. And I see a lot of my friends who are suffering bad um, because they didn't follow the rules of purpose in a lot of ways. Exercise grounding yourself in the martial arts, simply letting go of the day and all the stupidity that occurs around us really grounds me. I can get 70% out of what I used to do. So I drop 30%. So I don't do the hard hitting or the competitive stuff, but I still can get 70. If I get 60, you know, when I'm 70 years old, if I get 50, at least I'm still getting something. And in anything you do, you're always going to have a point where you're going to say, when is enough enough? In the martial arts, there's that point where you're going to have to say, what is enough enough when I'm losing and I can't get 70% of my life anymore? Or I can't, get, I can't be that full 100% of person because somebody cranked my neck and I'm in a bad mood now and I'm really hurting. In my head, every time I get up, I have a meter. If, my, if I hurt my back, you know, now it's taking me down a step. And I'm like, I can't be at my full potential at the age that I'm at. And I want to be at my full potential at the age I'm at. If something takes me away from that, Alcohol, working too hard, training too hard. If something lowers that notch, I don't want to do that. I want to figure it out so I can be at my full potential, no matter what age that you're at. You know, it's really funny. We're doing this episode now. Ironically, just this past week, the oldest living person in the world, uh, Maria Branya, she just had her um, 116th birthday. She just Amazing. turned 116 years old. She lives in Spain. And from what I'm aware, she's... 
uh, you know, functioning. She's with it. She's cognitive and uh, she lives a, a decent life. And that's ultimately, you know, Aaron, you said what really is a black belt. And I would take that a step further and just what's a human being? What What is anything that goes back to your point, Tim, uh, that, you know, what's her purpose? What's your purpose? Tom Parker, a friend of our show, a friend of ours, a student of yours, uh, he didn't even start training in the martial arts till he was 62. Day one, as a white belt, 62. But yet, to this day, he has got so much just from life wisdom to offer us and our show and other martial artists that it's not even funny. He writes a newsletter. And I think the key to it all is just uh, staying relevant to where you are at the time, at that time and place in uh, in your journey, your particular journey. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. For sure. Just relevance is such a key, uh, important word to, right. to that because relevance changes. It's going to mean something different at a different point in time. But as long as you're still relevant, well, then that's quality of life, not just quantity, it's quality. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, you know, you know, we're talking martial arts and black belts and blue belts, but I think talk about a belt. I think it's a belt of honor to age because we don't all get that. Uh, it's, it's a blessing to live into our 60s, 70s, 80s plus. I pray that I, I make it that uh, to that, you know, that stage and still have a quality of life and that I'm still relevant. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. For more on our way of life through the martial arts, subscribe to our podcast. AttackLifeNotOthers.com This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. Creation, creation. SteveMittmanSocialMedia.com